0: Welcome! We are your hosts for Bitches Be Brave. This is Heather Hobbs. And this is Bev Steele. And together we are everyday working women trying to raise a family, succeed in our careers, stay fit and healthy, and still look hot. It's our hope to address the issues that we deal with every day and to bring you the knowledge and information from the top experts so that together we can truly thrive and experience wellness in all dimensions of life.
1: And because we care, please remember the thoughts, comments, and advice of this podcast and our guests do not substitute medical advice, and you should consult your doctor before starting any new program. And we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at BitchesBeBrave at BitchesBeBrave.com or visit our website, BitchesBeBrave.com or Instagram at BitchesBeBrave.
0: Hi, Heather. Hey, Bev. Welcome, everyone. It's episode 32, and we are excited for today's topic, which I think is kind of a um, one of those like taboo topics that nobody always wants to talk about, but I think everybody wants to know about. I think so too. I think we struggled
1: with even doing this podcast because it's so controversial. Some people think, wow, should we be paying for little enhancements that may make us look better or feel better, or is that
0: something that we should be supporting aging gracefully? What's your right. Loving, loving your body and appreciating who you are, which I think we should. But I also, I also think it's a topic that, you know, and I do kind of divulge my t- little secrets in this episode, but it's one of those things that, you know, we've had kids and I always tell what i say to my husband is so it's like, you're just trying to keep things up, right? You're restoring. You're not totally renovating. It's a restoration. And you're trying to kind of keep yourself feeling confident, feeling and looking good. And so I don't judge anybody um, in what you do if it makes you feel better.
1: Yeah. And I think we talked about studies saying that there is a very good chance we will live to be a hundred plus. And I don't know about you, Heather, but my mind is not age on my driver's license. Neither is my weight actually. <laughs> but if I, you know, I want to reflect, you know, how I feel, but I, I honestly, I, I love that a lot of the things today are not invasive. They're just a little bit of a, a pick me up, maybe a brighter eye and not that plasticky looking fake thing that we really associate. So I think that, I think our listeners are really going to love it today, and we want the feedback, and I learned a couple things. Did you?
0: I did. I learned a lot, and it was really fun because this was the first interview that we did live, meaning all of us with our guests. So, Bab and I are usually together, but we did this one w- along with Diane, which was really fun, but we, of course, did not take pictures, <laughs> which was terrible. I know. I wish um, we had yeah, taken it was a so picture. Fun. I, think, I know. But that's us. That's our brains. Um, but I think that you guys are going to love her. She's got this amazing um, office where she has been for years doing practice of cosmetic enhancements. And I think you guys are going to learn a lot just like we did. And you'll see how paranoid
1: I am when I talk about how every time she talked about something, I thought she was looking at me. And that would remind her of another technique that <laughs> needed to happen. You are happen. paranoid. You are <laughs> paranoid.
0: All right. All right. Can't wait to hear what you think. Let us know. Have a great one. Here we go. We are here today with my friend and an amazing person that I'm so excited to um, be able to talk to today on this podcast, Diane Allen, who is the owner of Refresh RX along with Dr. Robinson. She is a registered nurse with over, well, she worked 20 years in the emergency room in intensive care and 17 years now at RefreshRx. And she specializes in minimally invasive um, procedures. And her niche is really amazing in learning about people and helping women to look themselves but feel their best. And I'm excited to have you here. So thank you, Diane. Thank
2: you.
0: So Diane, how did you come, and I know a little bit of your story, but going from being in the emergency room to being and having your own clinic, um, your Refresh RX here. How did you go and make that transition?
2: It was when I turned 40, it really was. And I looked in the mirror and I didn't really like what I saw. There were changes and I couldn't really identify them, but I knew I wanted to do something. So I started investigating Mm -hmm. um, and it was a really exciting time because Botox had just started getting their, uh, they had a therapeutic application, but they got their cosmetic application and their lasers were just, exploding so i just got really fortunate and um, i love this combination between the science and the um, creative part of it so it was kind of a selfish selfish thing and i was looking to to improve myself and i just fell into it met dr robinson and um, just took every opportunity i could to um, take advantage of the training that was available
0: And so that's, that's how it started. So you were at the cutting edge because right then too, that was when it was really kind of starting to come out. Um, And, you know, I think now you see a lot of different, all practitioners from dentists to OBGYNs, all different types of doctors trying to like get on that train. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's scary is, I mean, it's, they're not doing it all day, every day. And so I think that's that's awesome that you kind of did it from the very beginning.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was fun. I've enjoyed all of it. And it's just been a progression of um adding different different um skills and techniques into into what I do. So
1: was it a difficult transition to leave the uh
2: emergency room and I took baby steps. It? I was yeah. working in a recovery room, I have two kids, and so I started doing it basically part-time, you know, until it got busier. So I didn't just take a leap and do it. And probably I say, if I picked up the reader and looked at how many people were already doing what I wanted to do, I might not have done it, but I just, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to like slowly ease into it and have be surrounded by good people
0: to, you know, facilitate that. So I was going to say, so you specialize in minimally invasive. So can you explain kind of what that niche is? So at the office here, uh, we start with great skincare, good products. That's
2: the kind of the, the first step. And then um, into Botox and injectables for replacing uh, lost volume in, in the face. We do some lasers. Uh, nothing, that's, nothing that's ablative or invasive. So it's nothing that... Um, removes your skin where there's, you know, significant recovery time. So it's everything in between washing your face to basically plastic surgery or, or, um, intensive
1: lasers. So mm-hmm. in that, in that area. Are you seeing younger women? I it, guess I shouldn't say just women because I, I'm sure you have men that come in. for things. Mm-hmm. Is it becoming a, a because I, I would assume, and you'll have to tell me that at the beginning, when you first got into it, it was probably women that were getting older, seeing some wrinkles, those types of things. But on social media, you see so many young women right. having procedures.
2: I would say in the beginning, it was mostly 40, 50, 60, and maybe a little upwards. But social media is really the driving force for, for a lot of the interests from younger younger mm-hmm. people. And they're the most educated people out there. And so it's, that is the trend and the, all the companies are well aware of it too. And they're shifting their focus and, and how they do business to, to kind of capture that, those consumers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we were talking about this cause I said, you know, I feel like this topic is one of those that a lot of people wonder about, want to know, but sometimes there's still that, that, um, you know, risk of talking about it and what people think and the judgment. And I think that, you know, it's it's one of those things that's why I really wanted to dive into it today to say, you know, let's let's talk about it and put it out there and kind of answer some of the questions that I think people have. Um, and one of those, I think the part of it is a stigma, right? You would see these people that, some movie stars, right, celebrities that had overdone it. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to look like that. I mean, I know my own husband was so, and still is, super adamant <laughs> against me having anything because he thought I was going to come out looking like the Joker. Right. And little did he know. <laughs> you know had already. Been, <laughs> I have been exploring that for quite a few years. But it is, you know, it's something that I felt I wanted to start young to kind of do some preventative care. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel that it's changing the stigma that Absolutely. doing these
2: procedures has had? When I first started doing it, I would frequently not tell people what I did. I'd choose my audience because I would tell, mm-hmm. and I get the eye roll. And mm-hmm. then they'd find out how old I was, and then they were maybe a little more interested. But people are definitely more interested now, and a little more accepting, I would say. But I still have women that come in and say, "My husband doesn't know. Will he know? You know, yeah. can I keep it a secret." Um, And so there is still stigma, Um, but again, with the millennials and and whatnot, that is changing. And everybody has their own reasons for being leery of it. And a lot of it revolves around not looking natural. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's financial because it's, you know, it all, there's a cost involved, of of course. Um, It rarely is the risk. It mostly is, you know, why does ex-movie star look the way she does and my answer is Michael Jackson had all the money in the world but yet he let somebody operate on him and and he no longer had a nose and he also let somebody you know give him anesthesia without monitoring and, and died so you, it doesn't matter how much money you have you still can make the poor, not a great choice of who you go to so that's that's really what a lot of people says well look at this movie star if
1: they can't get good work, then how can I possibly? Get right. Good work, and that's but. a scary thing. So I'd like to dive right into what it is. So what are the really exciting things that you're doing today that our listeners might not know about that I want to know about, actually?
2: <laughs> Some of them are just the, tr- the tried and, and true, just, and I, I'll go back to facial aging. People are really understand why, why we're, the things that are going underneath the surface of the skin that are affecting how we look and how to address those so you can continue to look just like yourself. So that, I think that's the most exciting thing um, because it's all about balance of the face. And if you, if you take somebody and, and you can say she gets her, her nose done and it's just a couple millimeters off, there's something when you look at them that doesn't look quite right, but you can't put your finger on it. Well, it's the same thing if you make somebody's cheeks project too much and too big, or if you make their eyebrows go too high, there's something that changes and it just catches your eye wrong. I mean, it's different, but if somebody's cross-eyed, you know, it just doesn't look like we're used to seeing. So, you know, I don't know if that's the greatest analogy, but if if you don't keep the face in balance, it, to people looking at you, the There'll be something off and they won't be able to figure it out. So I think that's one of the most important things. And I think that's why you start seeing more stars and regular people, you can't tell they've had work done, but you know, they look good. Mm -hmm. So um, And another exciting. We've had Botox for what 20 years and and then Dysport came on the market about 10 years ago. And then there's a new product called Jibo and It works like Botox, but they're really trying to pull in the 80% of consumers. That could be using uh, Botox-like product. Um, we call them neuromodulators, but we'll just use Botox for the sake of you know, mm-hmm. the word everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, that aren't using it. So, um, so that's an exciting time to kind of drawing in people that that haven't really of using it um, is it their price
1: difference is that there is that's
2: that's their that's where they're trying to get into the niche mm-hmm. market they're going to keep trying to keep their price a little bit lower they um, they're the only one of the products that doesn't have a therapeutic application mm-hmm. so they say they're not influenced by the insurance company so they'll be able to keep their price a little bit lower mm-hmm. and their logos very instagram friendly it's pink and orange and they're really trying to they're, they're, their software and things just better. It's so they're really trying to make it not so stodgy like Botox and try and make it a little hipper Mm -hmm. really is what they're doing. So, and then each company has a family of fillers and they've changed them over or evolved over the years to be more flexible. So you have different options, but in the beginning, there were just a couple that you could use. I mean, the way beginning there was collagen, which didn't last, but now we have different, um, they're hyaluronic acid, most of them, and they have different characteristics. So you you can pick the one that to for little fine lines around the lip, or you can pick one to you know give support to the cheeks. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more options available as far as that's concerned. And skincare products have changed immensely too. They really um, you know some of these products can really communicate with the cells and stimulate collagen. So there's those are some really exciting things that I think are, are out there. Lasers have advanced um, and they're great. It's their boom, you know, I, and I don't do a lot of, a lot of laser now I refer out to uh, a Dr. Scripps, but um, they're great, but it they're that technology, I don't think has changed a whole lot in the past uh, 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Is it true to, you know, you, the whole preventative piece, right? So wanting to start younger. So if somebody, I mean, is there a certain age that you would say, look, I would start in your late 20s or 30s to say, I want to start to prevent certain wrinkles from coming. Um, you know, what, what does that age look like that you would say, you would suggest that people could maybe consider it?
2: It depends on your facial expression. Some people are, are very animated, and and so they'll start as early as their 20s. And and the, the thing is, when you're starting with somebody young, is to start conservatively and and just just soften some of the the movement. And when you talk about fillers, if somebody has a deficit, has a, their upper lip is a little bit smaller, or they their <coughs> cheeks are flatter, let's say, you can add a little bit more just to enhance and bring that balance back into their face. Mm-hmm. But rarely do I or if ever want to change somebody's appearance to to make them not look natural and and um, so I'd say starting in, in your 20s isn't a bad idea you just have to make sure you just ease into it slowly and mm-hmm. and don't do too much and the greatest thing to do when you're you know 20s 30s is to really take care of your skin because you'll really be able to prevent you know a lot of Signs of aging and sunscreen. People mm-hmm. are better at it by far now than they than they used to be when I first started.
0: A sunscreen is a beautiful
2: thing. thing. Yeah, right. I mean
0: now you find it in foundations and in all your lotions. There's usually some sort mm-hmm. of SPF right. in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes in and they're
2: 20, you just have to make sure that they're emotionally stable and and what their expectations are is is not unrealistic and they're not they don't have problems with body image. Mm -hmm. And things like that, because that's something you can never, you know, you can never make somebody happy if they're not happy with themselves, right?
1: Yeah, I'm a mother of three daughters, so I definitely want them to have balance on that. You know, when is it appropriate to have some things, Right. you know, a better version? I like how you speak to the better version. You know, your your face does shift, you know, just a little bit here or there can help with that. That's Mm -hmm. great. But I do struggle with you know I want them of course to think they're beautiful and right not be focused on that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that at a certain point that if you've done the things that you need to do, you've worked hard, you you know you're starting to age and and gotta face it that in some positions you need to, you know, make sure that you're presenting
0: right. your best
1: self. Right. Depending on what your it, career is. Yeah. yeah you know there's
2: always that piece there. But if you can afford it and you can I've got lots of young girls um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that I do things on and no one would ever guess. They mm-hmm. just don't, you know, just don't have any idea. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the goal. But yeah, it is, it is a fine balance when you, when you have kids and, and then if you're doing it, then what kind of example do you think are you setting? But I think some people think it's a slippery slope once you start doing things and you'll just be right. all consumed with the next on, thing, yeah. and, and you can't have one sign of aging, but it's just to slow things down a little bit and just ease into aging and look your best. But you know, when you're 60, you're not going to look 30. And that's usually, right. that's not anyone's goal that comes in. It's everybody just wants to look refreshed and look their best yeah. and and look like, yeah, you know, look like
1: themselves. And not get the comment, "You look so tired." And I know. I'm just like, no, that's what I look like. Well, that's the other thing that happened when I was forty. My husband would like,
2: say, "Are you tired? Are you tired Are you mad?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I was happy. I thought <laughs> I looked great, right?" Fate. I know this is just how I look, but I, you know, it's the way my forehead. I had a very heavy forehead. It's just how I was, and yeah. and so yeah, I looked tired. I guess mad
0: all the time. Too. Yeah. At that point, I don't think I was mad, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, and I'll, I'll be honest, I always am. But for me, I mean, that's how it started for me was like, in my family, there's a really deep between the eye wrinkle. And I was seeing it in my late 20s. And I remember, so I used to work um, with dermatologists back in my 20s as a part of my work. And I remember this was right when Botox was coming out and they'd be like, I should just put a little in there I'm like oh my god already like I wasn't <laughs> expecting it but um you know that was somewhere where it it made me self-conscious I just I hated it I felt like I was gonna have that folded forehead and just that you know looking angry all the time and mm-hmm. so that was that was for me really where and you know it, it still maintains that that's like the one area I really can't I can't stand but I know I was talking to I'll call this out my mom um that you know she didn't even understand like the differences so she was like i, I i'm gonna do botox sorry mom and um <laughs> and i she was saying well it didn't feel like it didn't change my wrinkle and i said well that's because that's not what botox really does she waited and, too, too, she waited long yeah too long yeah basically. and she's in her you know 60s and late 60s and so for her um i think she's actually 70 now but i think for her it's like understanding what the difference is and so maybe you right. could walk through too like okay. so there's fillers mm-hmm. and then there's there's the products like botox that are going to do what more freeze right. your so your we'll muscles, call right? botox
2: everything botox you and and So we'll just call yes. it botox um and filler i will refer to polyuronic acid mm-hmm. fillers which are all a dissolvable gel that's actually naturally occurring in your body now there's some that are are n- not so this it's nice because this one's dissolvable mm-hmm. So anyway, so i'll call mm-hmm. them fillers and then i'll call them botox so botox is good for it interrupts a connection between the muscle and the nerve, so it stops the communication there so any place where you have excessive movement and typically i think the number one area is between the brows mm-hmm. and then the forehead the crow's feet and you can do it around the mouth um and you just have to be a little more conservative because we need our mouth to you know talk and chew and all those things so typically, people will come in and their first concern is in the upper um, third of the face. Mm-hmm. So um, so it just stops muscle movement. And the muscles in the face are connected to the skin. So every time that muscle moves down, so does the skin. It just doesn't happen on your if It's loose and the mm-hmm. muscle doesn't connect to the skin there. So that's why it's preventative. Because every time that muscle moves, it's pulling the skin mm-hmm. too. So... That's Botox disorder, or as you go, filler is, so there The few things that happen as we age. You have fat pads that are, are double layer and they're all, you know, all over your face, predominantly in your cheeks. Well, they start shrinking as you get older. So you start seeing a groove right next to your nose, a little bit of under your eye. So those get smaller. And then also the bone reabsorbs and changes too. So you're having fat that's reabsorbing and you're having bone that changes. So the or the your eye the orbit of your eye gets larger, so our eyes instead of looking almond start looking hollow, and then your nose starts getting bigger <laughs> because that the bony changes there, and then the jaw will reabsorbs and, and recedes a little bit. So we see a lot of aging happens around the mouth, mm-hmm. and it's due to what's happening around the mouth, but also what's happening upstream underneath. You know, so we're losing the support of the nice high cheekbones, so that's when you use filler is mm-hmm. to restore what's lost with the fat pads and the bony loss. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the difference. And you can use them together um, mm-hmm. uh, frequently, like with your mom, mm-hmm. when she had that deep line between her brows, mm-hmm. you always start with Botox or Botox mm-hmm. because you have to stop that muscle from contracting. But if you are left with a wrinkle, because it's a, a wrinkle's like a scar, So I tell people, you know how you have the hem of pants and you take it out and you iron it like crazy, but you can still see the wrinkle. Well, that's kind of like what the wrinkle is. The texture of the skin has changed. Mm -hmm. So if you start when you're younger, you won't have that scar. Um, And that's why it's beneficial. If you wait until that line forms, when you can see it, even when you're at rest, you're not going to get the same result. So that's that's the benefit of starting younger. And that's basically the difference of the... Mm -hmm with the fillers.
1: Now, our listeners can't see us, but I want you all to know that when Diane's <laughs> describing this, she's looking at my face. I was stepping out of the spot to right up close like it's completely unintentional. You're the problems I love it. No, 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 no. no, okay. no not <laughs> Honestly, that's true. No. You have a good volume in your cheeks, then you look good. Yep, yeah, Now you. you look good. Thank you. We'll <laughs> we talk. Just, we'll talk after the podcast. Yeah. But I had to look at someone's face. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask. On that note, a friend has recently told me that, that um, they used fillers for an actual lift. Do you do any of that where there's like a filler maybe in the the jaw that will give you a lift? Right,
2: right. So if it's mm-hmm. placed, usually those are placed on the bone. So that yeah, the the jaw towards kind of back towards your ear. You can put mm-hmm. it back there. And in, in the cheeks, so any place that can offer, if you can inject it, it can be supported and mm-hmm. and, and hold that up. Yeah. There's a lot of gimmicks out there. There's a lot of there's a liquid facelift and things. There's a lot of things you could do with a combination of Botox and fillers, and laser too to really just create a a more youthful appearance. Mm-hmm. Will it take the place of a facelift? No, but some people don't want it. You know, won't entertain that. So mm-hmm. when I have somebody that comes in, and they maybe would be a good candidate for a facelift. If they say absolutely not, then I tell them, well, don't even go get a consult, and we'll just you know, do talk it. about fillers and Botox. But if they'll entertain that, it's better to have all the knowledge and then decide which steps you want to take. So that's my approach. But a lot of yeah. people are like, well, I might do that later, but we'll start with the fillers. Mm-hmm. And replacing right. volume is always a good thing because If you get a facelift and you lost all that underlying volume, you're just gonna, you'll, you know, the thin, more gone face. Right. Placing volume is never a waste.
0: So, how does microneedling and, um, I don't, actually, you can tell me the real word, the vampire facial. We always call it the vampire facial, which I've done. I've done a few times. And, um, I know that kind of got publicity with Kardashian, which Kardashian was it? Kim. Kim Kardashian. And Uh she, yeah, she kind of put it all over. But, um, I liked that because I felt like that was more natural. Like right. you're taking you're taking your own blood out, mm-hmm. you're spinning it and processing and getting the plasma, right? right. And mm-hmm. injecting that. So, and but where did form. yeah? So, kind of tell about that and maybe what and when those are used. So, microneedling has been around for a long, long time, and they've just improved the
2: technique. and And it's I think people didn't take it as seriously, and then all the lasers came in, and then I think people realized, wow, with microneedling. Can do almost the same thing. You're creating an injury into the tissue, which stimulates the collagen. And so, like I said, the devices are better. Um, you have to make sure you get an FDA cleared device because it's there. You don't want blood contaminants and things. Right. So it's really important that you you check that. The skin pen is what I use, and it is FDA cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one really uh, important thing. Um, and so it creates an injury in the skin. So you can use just microneedling and um, in and of itself it works really well I've had fantastic results with wrinkling that even a facelift you know sometimes you just can't get rid of all the wrinkles on the lower face especially with the with the facelift i've had amazing results with that after doing three now the the prp platelet rich plasma or the vampire lift mm-hmm. um that vampire lift is actually somebody's trademark um and so he made up his own little yeah. protocol so technically, probably not supposed to use that, but it, you know, people refer to things. And, yeah, that's a so so PRP though. Yeah, the and time. they're using it for a lot of things now. Hair yeah. loss. They use it in, in dental procedures for bone grafting. Yeah. They use it for orthopedic procedures. So it's mm. pretty well
0: recovery. Yes, yeah, documented, no the
2: mm-hmm. documented therapy. So when you're doing it in the face, it's a different concentration than concentration that it is for the, you know hair Injury. or the or you know orthopedic injuries so yeah you draw the blood it concentrates the platelets in the plasma which if you think about it, if you cut yourself all those in parts of your blood come and create brand new skin so mm-hmm. now you're taking that and concentrating it and i do it a couple different ways because i think which i do it with the microneedling so you're getting that superficial mm-hmm. um distribution of it and then i also inject it and mm-hmm. so you're getting it, it deeper as well and i think if you're going to go to the effort of drawing the blood and doing all that you really need to do it both ways i know sometimes mm-hmm. people will just microneedle it in but if you've got it mm-hmm. i think just inject it microneedling is probably you know the day of you don't have much downtime but with the prp or platelet-rich plasma you're a little puffy the next day your mm-hmm. face feels like a, you have a good windburn i so. loved it i <laughs> felt like i had like volume
0: you yeah. know it's like yeah. i actually wanted it to stay that way it's yeah. like you kind of feel like you and that's
2: been fantastic. I have some people with bad scarring, um, just really significant scarring. And it's you almost can't see it now. And She's been diligent. We've done it several times. But but it's remarkable, the difference. So it works like really well. <laughs> acne scarring? that Acne kind of scarring. Oh. Acne scarring is another tough one once they start getting that pitting. Mm-hmm. It's, you've got it, the skin is stuck. It's got adhesions underneath. So you have to get down there and really loosen those up. Right. So I've had great results with with that too. That's another. Um, that's it's. I think that's where I it got its first your approval was with the with acne scarring, mm-hmm. but it works really well for that as well.
1: And how soon are the results for
2: that? Well, I'll say the nice thing about Botox is that you notice it in two weeks and wears off. You're like, oh my gosh, I thought I looked this that good, but it wore off. You kind of mm-hmm. forget how you looked. Yeah. But Botox is nice because it wears well nice but it wears off and you're like oh yeah i guess it was doing something. Yeah. With skincare it's a continuum. So if you're if you keep up with it, you will I mean within 10 days of doing microneedling let's say you notice this glow on your skin, you look better, but then you kind of get used to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know if i look back at pictures of myself, even 10 15 years ago, my skin's just better now than it was. And so it's, it's a hard thing to really measure. And people say, how long does it last? Well, it depends on your life stresses, your lifestyle, your metabolism, and things like that. Um, so it's a hard thing to quantify. Yeah. With Botox, you really, it's somewhat measurable, the, yeah. the results.
0: So I know now you see the rollers out a lot. You know, right. I know there's a lot of different types and brands that are out there. The rollers that have little needles. Right. So is that similar to microneedling or where it does- is now you're, Only if you're in a medical
2: office, you have to be a nurse or doctor, you know, nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. or PA. Can you use um, needles that have a a certain length so it actually will Mm -hmm. create the wound? Having said that, you know, the the rollers have been around forever. Mm -hmm. The argument with those rollers is that the pen, the needles go straight in perpendicularly to the skin. The rollers go in at a 45, you know, they come out. Do they cause damage to the skin? I I don't really think so. I know people get great results. You just have to make sure... It's going. To, it's clean,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
2: But you're not going to get. You're not going to get the level of treatment you're going. But it's mm-hmm. a good. I think it's a good at home treatment to do, treatment. especially if you clean it. But if you're starting to break the skin and it gets blood on it, you have to be really careful yeah. about bacteria and things. So it'll it'll be at home treatment, but mm-hmm. not the same as you would get.
0: Mm-hmm. What are other like in intermittent type of treatments that you would recommend like are there any acids that you recommend for people to do you know in between um you know seeking out treatments or things that are kind of an everyday for you every day well good skincare, and exfoliating
2: um you can you, you can either do a, a mild exfoliant um at home or we do them in the office where they're just different levels. I like it when either I know I'm not going to peel, but I'm going to get results, or I commit to peeling and I know I'm going to have downtime. Anything else in the middle I don't really like because Mm -hmm. you might be the person that peels and yet you didn't plan on any downtime, and you might be the person that planned on downtime and didn't peel, so Mm -hmm. I like either the, the ones that just exfoliate and and they um, dissolve the outer layer of the skin and they just leave you with a glow mm-hmm. I think the maintenance um, for that is, is you know is really good and then if you can fit in a deeper chemical peel once or twice a year mm-hmm. I think that's good the photofacial doing um, doing an IPL or um, it's intense pulse light similar to to a laser mm-hmm. and that's great for anybody that has broken red capillaries on their face or or sun damage um that works really well and the downtime is is not as bad because your skin stays intact so you can mm-hmm. wear sunscreen you wear makeup you don't look perfect for a couple of weeks but you it's not you can go to work right yeah you just wouldn't want to go I to a wedding to
1: but i personally liked to peel or what, if I'm getting something done, I want to know something happened. Right. If I can't some people
2: can't. <laughs> yeah. You have the people that are either like real estate agents or they're face-to-face with yeah. people all the time. Because uh, real estate agents are right, working seven days a week a lot. They don't know when they're going to be yeah. called. So there's certain people, I ask them what they what they do for work. And most people can carve out enough time to peel. You just have to gauge it because some people won't go out of the house even with the tiniest flake and other people like oh yeah i went out the (laughs) whole time so that's
0: a really tough thing to gauge on people i have flashbacks of you and i running together after i had i had a peel one time (laughs) and we went running (laughs) flying <laughs> like <laughs> off of me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm mean,
1: black that memory Yeah, that out. yeah. Really
0: yeah. it was that. funny. Oh I think yeah, like, you were the only one I would let see me, but that was still my running days. You're not days, supposed to, i get fun, I know.
2: know. <laughs> I'm driven to work, and there's a girl who's on her some money on the road. I'm like, oh my gosh, you <laughs> like pulling you over. Do don't that do that. You really <laughs> have to. So if you're going to invest in things it's true. other than that, I'm going to shame you, but you really yeah. need to just take care of it afterwards. After care of all, this is really...
1: Really yes, important, important. Yeah. Heather. <laughs> Heather. So I have a question. So you. you talked about a little bit about um, the skincare. What about um, taking care of your skin from the inside out? Like, what foods are important that you have in your diet? Obviously, I would think water is important. But what is your philosophy on that?
2: Well, I know, and we've all done juice cleanses, and you yeah. do it for three days, and you're like, wow, my skin looks so much better. Yeah. So definitely, what you eat does make a difference, and if the best way to do it for you is like sometimes i'll just go to whole foods and buy juice ideally it's juice at mm-hmm. home but so i'm not perfect by any stretch but i do try to eat whole foods and organic and when I eat meat it's you know high quality meat but that's not that's not necessarily great for your skin but it does matter staying away from sugar and processed foods mm-hmm. um supplements can help it just depends on you know what your deficit is what
0: you need to i see a big difference with dairy with my kids yeah. so if my kids have and i stopped i i one of mine he does he wants it for cereal but he wants milk but i quit buying milk um but i noticed it like if my son will go and have a milkshake or have something that is dairy they break out like huh, it's, it's very i mean i i just noticed this big correlation between dairy and acne and you know they're two teenagers right now and so it's just kind of and they're always like mom you know oh my god I don't want to have acne and I'm like well then let's cut sugar cut dairy you know you just I hate to be that person
2: but gluten too you know it just depends Mm -hmm. on who you are but you can almost walk around the airport and look at people and you can tell who's gluten intolerant they're usually Mm -hmm. kind of puffy and doughy and Mm -hmm. the other skin just has that doughy look to it Um, so a lot of people gluten will be something that causes eczema and Mm -hmm. and psoriasis they'll They'll have skin problems because of it. So I think, you know, you, you do your best. I never, ever preached to anybody um, because, you know, the thought of not eating, for people thought of not eating, I remember when somebody told me, don't eat dairy and don't eat gluten. I'm like, okay, then I, there's nothing left. Why live? Yeah. And, uh, and now I don't Might as well just give
1: up the wine. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> So I don't
2: eat dairy for the most part except cheese. And I don't, and I really try it. like 80% gluten-free, yeah. you know, so... I'll, I'll, like I said, I don't like to preach it because you know it's it's hard for people. But I think most people are hearing it, and you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do tell people not to chew gum because uh, chewing gum exercises all the wrong muscles in your face. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. So that's the one thing I will tell people because usually people aren't addicted to gum, you know, yeah, tell like tell them to stop easy. smoking or
0: something. But, but I do know, you know people that chew gum all the yeah. time. Like and I think everyone them, knows one of those people that just always has gum in their mouth. Yeah. yeah. And well, it doesn't look
2: great when you're doing it, but it also, there's the muscle that pulls the corners of your lip down and the one on your chin that gets all orange-pilly looking. It, watch people when they chew <gasps> gum. It's all Ooh. that movement. Yeah. Some people think it exercises their muscles, but anyway, so that's one thing I will tell people far first. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't right. look
1: good anyways and there's no, no way to chewing gum right you forget and then you're just yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. so anyway but yeah their
2: diet is very important and um I, I will recommend that but i think most most people when they're coming to do things like this are pretty
0: savvy you know they, they've they, taken they, care of themselves they, in they know way. When you're making yeah. that investment you're going to try the other things that's right that's
1: right? Collagen, we talk, We have uh, our favorite things episode last week, yeah. and both of us are taking collagen in different forms. Uh-huh. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. I mean, you can notice a tangible difference in your nails and yep. hair, mm-hmm. and so I do
2: think it makes a difference. Yeah. Of course, we're all aging at the same time as we're doing these things, so you, know, you do still see signs of aging, but it's... Uh, right. But no, I, I think it's
0: great. Well, speaking of that and aging, I know we were having the conversation before we started recording it just about the advances that are coming and mm-hmm. things that, so can you maybe tell us like what are some things that you're hearing about and how, you know, in the future um, things may change? Well, I think people's technique will continue to improve and the products
2: will will get better. I know there there are some lasers. There's some radio frequency that's more invasive. That I think they'll perfect those as far as tightening. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they'll. I don't think there'll be a day when a facelift is going to be obsolete. I really don't think so. Um, but the techniques are better, mm-hmm. and um, so you can still have a natural result. And nobody should. know you've had, you know, that done either. Um, so I I think but, and also start starting earlier, I think is what's going to really benefit people the most and nanotechnology with products. And Mm -hmm. um, so I wonder, I don't know what the next big thing is because we've made so many advances. And I mean, even a lot of 15 years ago, they had wrestling and those things, but people that didn't see the face the right way and didn't see aging as it was. And so the results weren't as good. So Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, going to be a lot of technique driven um, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to get a good result. So there's starting, you know, there's some threads that you can, um, that you can use to, to give your the face a little lift. I ha- I'm just about to start using those. And I know people have had good results with those. With so what those. is that like? What is well, it? Yeah. So they're, um, like, I haven't had the training yet, but they're just, they're, they're a little monofilament piece okay. of, you know, and then they're injected underneath the skin and anchored. Yeah. And so, but it's only for select candidates. You can't have too much sagging, you know, because it's not mm-hmm. going to get rid of redundant skin, right? It's not going if, to, if you have too much skin, mm-hmm. it won't. It won't uh,
1: and then does know, it dissolve or does it, is that a permanent? No, they'll, I believe
2: they, st- I, like I said, <laughs> I'm training, so I probably just yeah. talked talk about it, but it's, um, I, I had them done a long time ago. Uh-huh didn't care for them so we'll see if yeah. the yeah. Now they think they've perfected them because mine stayed in and yeah. when i had my face left he took some yeah, off <laughs> <out>.
0: did <laughs> you feel them like you no feel, yeah. oh you don't yeah. and then i wonder like what if one breaks and you just right, and
2: so that like i said is something i'm i will know more about but they're starting to use things in different places, like Sculptra is mm-hmm. a collagen stimulator used for, on the face. And now people are using it for their rear ends to mm-hmm. make, mm-hmm. To, it's necessary to lift it, but improve the texture and tone of the skin. They're starting to use it on the knees where the knees are, are saggy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people are using Kybella, which is just you know, mm-hmm. to dissolve the fat underneath the chin. That's what it's... Uh, FDA-approved for yeah. like, people that have the double chin. They're starting to use it on little other pockets of fat. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, people are taking what's already there and and finding a new application for it.
0: Yeah. Is Sculptra similar to Voluma? You know, I've heard Voluma, like, for your cheekbones. And so is a gel and mm-hmm. it's
2: hyaluronic acid. And so that's what you, it's an allergen product and you mm-hmm. inject it in the cheek and it's, that's what gives a lift in the cheek. Mm-hmm. Sculptra was originally FDA-approved for HIV. Uh, patients who had muscle wasting and their face was very gaunt hmm. and then they now the application is for just it's anti-aging so it's a collagen stimulator it's made it's a suspension of the little beads that are uh made of um that that dissolvable sutures are made of so it's injected the little beads go in there collagen stimulated around it those are removed they are naturally just um taken out of your body mm-hmm. and you're left with the collagen um Stimulation, so it's it's a nice It's nice for especially real thin people mm-hmm. um, who who um, have thin skin and are just thin in general. Yeah, some of that volume. Well,
0: well, I my stuff. hands done? Oh, so okay, yeah. I did my
2: hands about you know, a couple months ago, and they're great. I just used filler, and you didn't, you didn't see my hands before oh, yeah. arthritis. Uh, so yeah. it's not beautiful, but I def- was my hands were very bony, and so yeah. it's really nice. It's uh, so you just put. Fill her in and, We're all and, looking at uh, our hands here, everyone. <laughs> so in,
1: everyone at home, look at your hands.
2: <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> or, and then hold your hand next to your face, because if you've been doing yeah. things to your face, yes.
2: and then you hold your hands up, you want your hands, you know, the telltale signs of people are like what their chest and yes. neck look like compared to their face. you can't hide this, and this, then and this is how I are Yeah, and then what your hands look like. So if you've done a bunch of stuff on your face, <laughs> and you're looking really good, and you haven't done anything to your hands, you know,
1: you have a disconnect, you know. Oh, so, this is a hypothetical question. <laughs> if you, if, if your patients get to a point where they're having the things done, but they really feel like, okay, now I really want to have something done, what recommendations would you have for them if they're looking for someone to do a facelift? Because there's so many ads out there. There's so many doctors out there. What, what are the important things?
2: Well, important for me was um, I went to somebody who just did face and neck, and that was important. And I went in with a list of questions because I knew what I saw and out there that I didn't like. The pulling of the eyes, the strange looking mouth, and they're, they're the incisions that are visible in front of the ear. So things I went in and I mm-hmm. had specific questions and, and, and the doctor I went to and uh, told me exactly how he would avoid those. Mm-hmm. And so when there's no gimmick mini facelifts or things like that, it was it was just full yeah, you know right full facelift um mm-hmm. and so i would say look at before and afters um mm-hmm. get a referral from somebody if you can mm-hmm. um then you just go by you know your gut a little okay. bit mm-hmm. and have to trust them and mm-hmm. how much time they spend with you too yeah um, right um yeah i've had some friends that did it without anesthesia which oh, you know, wow um, just local anesthesia which I'm not a plastic surgeon so I can't offer my opinion on that but I that's not something I was looking for. Some people are afraid of anesthesia and yeah. avoid it at, at all costs. So that's something I would get a couple opinions on you mm-hmm. know before I did it without without anesthesia. Oh, same. And uh, most doctors now will charge for the consultation but you'll get that back if you you know yeah. if you have services with them. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I just I knew what I the questions I had and then I yeah. guess you just have to get a list of questions of what's important to you and, and how you know how you, you want them look.
1: Yes. Well
0: yeah. I think the same goes though. I mean you hear about these like Botox parties and just people who are, you know, or you see the group bonds for them all the time. I mean and then you hear that there's a lot of kind of um, dissolved, you know, it's diluted, diluted Botox right. or mm-hmm. things. I and mean, we're again we're kind of using the name Botox right. as a generalization here. But um, I mean how do you even find and trust you know people to give you good injections of fillers right. or whatever it is? and you you
2: really are just putting trust in them because yeah. bo- all the products Botox Dysport, and duo um, they have to be reconstituted oh they all come mm-hmm. in a powder form so everybody has to dilute it but you're what you're counting on is a person to put just the right amount of and there's a there's a variance there it doesn't have to be exactly but you have to then calculate out how many units are in each little, you know, mm-hmm. in in your concentration. So you really are just trusting them. And for me, it doesn't make any sense to not give people what they paid for because if they come back and <laughs> it's not working, I'm like, oh well it's you, you know, do, yeah. didn't do it right so yeah. they yeah. You're not you. gonna want to come back. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So um but that is something you have to worry about. The other thing, there's a real problem with counterfeit products out there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that even the The packaging is very sophisticated for Botox. The the packaging that comes, I'm sure you know, from working where you do. Um, But even allergen people can't tell which is the counterfeit and which isn't. So it's very important that who you're going to Mm -hmm. orders it from uh, the company. Yeah. And you're not getting it from some other source. Because I've had clients come in and say, oh, they were going to do, you know, a syringe of filler on me for $200. I'm like, well, that's below cost. So... You yeah, yeah. should be concerned so what that. you're what you're injecting because yeah. uh-huh. the fraudulent packaging is so prevalent. So it, it really is scary. It's it's um, when you go to conferences they talk about it all the time because mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really big deal. So you do have to trust. I think you can know. I, I I'm not saying I wouldn't go to a Botox party. I don't do them, mm-hmm. um, but. I don't want to be at a party when I'm, somebody's injecting my face. I want them paying attention to me right. and only me and right. I don't want a bunch of people around, you know, yeah. and talking and, yeah. and all people that come and go, yeah, I got some filler, but I don't know what it was. And I'm not sure where she put it because you know, how it is. How many <laughs> right. times you've gone out right. with my right. caddy party with outfits that you were like, I didn't
1: really need yeah, this. What but, was you I, I thinking? Well, I also <laughs> like
0: that, you know, to, like for you and for this, for your place, that it's, it's what you do day in, day out. You, right. like, you know, you have done this thousands and hundreds of thousands of times, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And so versus like, I switched OBGYNs and I went into this new OBGYN. It was my very first visit. All she did was try to get me to do Discord the whole time. Wow. She would just, be, she kept and she brought it in the, the room. I'm like,
1: the syrup. part of the body. <laughs> <right now." laughs> yeah where was she? no rejuvenation oh my god
0: that's funny no I don't think that really (laughs) no and I was like gosh you know this is not This like it's like one-stop shopping and um, I just wasn't down with that well Well, that's hilarious it is interesting speaking of people do do that stuff don't they down there? yeah Oh, yeah. There's that's a lot of big. that
2: down there. I, and again, I don't do any of that, so I can't really speak. Yeah. I just know what people mm-hmm. tell me. And there have been a, that I know of any big long term studies with some of that. So just have like, to really do your research because I'm the type of person that will just jump in like, that's a great idea. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have asked some questions. So yeah. it really is important. And that's why I'll do a consultation and just talk to people mm-hmm. and let the things digest. If somebody comes in, I've met them the first time and they want to do, three sterns of the filler, a bunch of Botox and a laser, you know, that, that usually doesn't go well. You want to, you want to develop that trust. And so it's best Mm -hmm. to start with one thing, develop that trust and, and, you know, see how your rapport is and to jump right in. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell them everything they need.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. The last thing you do is point out something, you know, we always wait to find out what bothers them because (laughs)
0: I never noticed right. that before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot. That wasn't what I was talking about. <laughs> but I do, I was thinking um, on my way here about that song, most girls, you know, and it's like, you, you look your best when you feel like a queen. And I think that's the whole thing about this is like, it's okay to do something if it's going to make you feel better about yourself. And mm-hmm. I think it's important though to find somebody who's, as you started off saying, makes you look like you look. Right. and It is not going to change you, mm-hmm. um, just enhance you. Right. Him, you know
2: because that's most people's fear and especially spouses too is mm-hmm. don't do anything they usually say oh you're beautiful already but you know fast forward 20 years they would like it if you still yes. looked good so you know you doing things along the way to just maintain will make you feel better about yourself and it just gives you more confidence and you right. don't, when you're 30 you don't know where you'll be when you're 50 60 mm-hmm. you know it's you could Just don't know, so it's good to always take care of yourself and and feel good about yourself. Yeah, and if
1: you're getting out there and moving and you're taking care of yourself by eating Mm -hmm. right and you know you're doing those things, don't do it because you know you need to lose 20 pounds or you know you haven't exercised in a year. Right? Right. Do it when you're you know you're adding it to a balance of things that for yourself, I really think. You have to take
2: care of yourself, you'll be a better person for everybody, yes, your kids, your. Spouse everybody mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. So, yeah. I guess we were going to ask all of our guests, we always ask, what does it mean to you to be brave? I thought the question was <laughs> 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 how,
2: "How How am I brave? Um, well,
1: it's the uh, yeah. same. Yeah. Really?
2: How are Being you brave? brave <laughs> is um, getting out of your comfort zone, which seems so cliche but I tend to be a fairly shy person. And so just opening yourself up to lots of opportunities and being brave enough to take a risk and know that you're good enough. And Mm -hmm. um, even when a little voice inside your head doubts you or um, that just stand up for yourself and, and really keep striving to be the best. Person you can be, and it helps. Like I was saying, to have a good support system around mm-hmm. you because it's it's safe to be brave when you surround yourself with really good people. Yeah, so yeah and that
1: helps the people you're around when they right. see you being brave as well. It's so mm-hmm. always good. And Diane, how can people get a hold of you? So our website's uh,
2: refreshrx.net, and mm-hmm. we're redoing it. So it's if you look at the one now, it'll be new and improved shortly, yeah. and. Uh, I don't know if you want a phone number probably Mm -hmm. uh, our phone number is 858-485-0747 but if you go on the website you can book online Um, but feel free to I think you can email from the website too but feel free she's
0: in San Diego Poway California so for anybody yeah yeah we'll put the information in the show notes as well so they can go there as well Awesome. She is the best. She's awesome. And um, thank you so much. This has been such a fun fun. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye.